Hello and welcome to another episode of Incremental's Project to Podcast. You're tuning into an episode number 13 in our measurement orchestration series. Today's episode features a dear longtime friend and former colleague of mine, Paul Bowen. Paul and I go so far back that I'm inclined to not say it in fear it'll expose how ancient we both are. Paul is one of the smartest and funniest people I know, and I'm always honored to have the opportunity to speak with him. The interview before you really focuses on the world of influencer, marketing, how to get those right, and how to get it wrong. Before you start enjoying the interview, please remember to subscribe to this channel. We have a weekly episode featuring digital marketing industry thought leaders and experts on our show. Is this going to be on the podcast? I'm giving of you course, <laughs> <a> recording. Of course. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to start directly in. Hello, Mr. Paul Bowen. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. But, uh, good to good to chat again. Same here. Same here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you enjoying your co-working space? Co-working space is good. I start work at 5 a.m. So I am here. Really? Ah, oh, right. Right, right. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But so um, the company I work for is based in Israel. So I, I get up early. You mentioned that uh, your previous work setting was like a basement. We worked together in a basement for some time a while we back did. ago. Yeah, but we, did, we had yeah, windows. Was... We did. We have windows. windows. It wasn't exactly a basement, but it was. Uh, it was it a dark was a room. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, for for the sake of the listeners, if you wouldn't mind giving an introduction about yourself and the company you're with. Yeah, so I'm um, a Brit living in in Seattle in the U.S. Um, I've got a wife and two kids. That's uh, I have a twenty-year, twenty-one-year-old, uh, twenty-one-year uh, career in uh, in ad tech now. Um, the last thirteen years of of my career, I've been leading revenue teams in the mobile ad network space, and before that, I was a media buyer and sales sales rep at various de- desktop agencies and, and ad networks, which is where we worked together uh, over in over in London. Um, well, you were in Israel, but. Um, Anyway, yeah, so uh, long, long career spanning uh, in, in ad tech. Um, currently, I'm, I'm the CRO of Stream Elements. Um, so Stream Elements has built kind of the only creator-driven platform um, for marketing campaigns at scale. So our, our software platform kind of connects to um, 1.6 million creators on Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok. And we work with creators and advertisers to deliver high impact marketing campaigns um, through sponsorships that meet uh, advertiser ROI uh, goals. Um, so I think that's kind of why we're going to be talking about influencer marketing today. Um, well, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but um, definitely we're going to start with the point of influencer marketing. And I have my own opinions and I'm going to share probably later. But why do you think people should consider influencer marketing if they haven't yet? Yeah, and I would say most people, most advertisers haven't considered influence marketing. Weird. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, weird, because, weird. It's it's big. Well, yeah, but but you know when you've got Facebook and Google taking whatever it is, sixty five percent, seventy percent of of Martin dollars, um, you know, there's a lot of time you can spend on those two channels before you think about other channels. Um, First, I think it's important to kind of split split between the goals of, of what you want to achieve uh, with any marketing campaign. Um, although you never really can do that because, you know, um, really you need to be thinking about full funnel whenever you're doing a marketing campaign. But anyway, most advertisers tend to have a goal for their marketing campaign and 
they're kind of in two buckets. One is kind of the brand awareness goal, and the other is 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 more of a down funnel performance goal where they're thinking about uh, down funnel metrics. So if we start with kind of the brand and awareness bucket of of advertisers, those advertisers tend to want to create awareness, interest, or consideration in in the product that they're messaging about. Um, so why should those advertisers want to consider influencer marketing? I mean. Firstly, I'd say you can reach your target audience in a more economical way than than you may be able to do on other channels um, where you're creating awareness, and also in a more high impact way, in a more integrated way with with um, how the message is being delivered. Um, I think there are quite a few channels that you can work work on where the message isn't, you know, this isn't necessarily particularly native to the to the platform, whereas you know sponsorships can be truly native to to the to the to the channel um, i want to i want to i want to kind of like stop you with a question because actually my next question would be what are the remaining challenges with influencer marketing today but actually i want to ask you a, a, a different question while you're answering your current question what are the perceived challenges people have with mar with influencer marketing like what people think are the challenges even though they're not challenges at all i think they don't even most advertisers don't even know enough <laughs> I don't think they know enough to know what the challenges are. They haven't spent enough time learning about the um, about the space to to even perceive what the real challenges are. I think they think it's too it's too hard. I don't know who the players are. It's not consolidated enough. Therefore, I just don't want to spend time on it. And I, I think those some of those are, are very valid concerns. Um, if you wanna if you wanna spend, you know. If you want to do search, you go to Google. That's it. If you don't want to do social, you go to Facebook and TikTok. That's it. Like there's just those those channels are highly consolidated. So you don't have to do spend a lot of time doing research, trying to understand who the right partner is for you to enter into this space or, or whether you go direct or anything like that. So I think <clears throat> there's the the perception is this is too hard. I'd rather not do it and I'll focus my time somewhere else. That would be my um what I would what I would think however and, and then if you have someone whose full-time job is is influence marketing you know so say they work in-house a uh, company or they're in a, an, an agency I would say um well I mean they would be more educated on it so they would actually know what the real issues are so, so I think if you're not educated on it I think so what are the real issues what are the, the real, real challenges do you want to go they, um yeah okay I mean the number one challenge is measurement by far um so there's a bunch of challenges with with measurement on influence marketing um the first is kind of the lack of any kind of view through attribution of understanding kind of so so most influence marketing today is either measured through clicking on a url and tracking tracking a redirect through that or through creator codes so you give a code to a to like, a creator like promo code or like you are yeah exactly a promo code exactly um that is unique to the creator who's giving the message and um so they're, they're the kind of two forms of way that you can measure the efficacy of the campaign what that means is you do, you don't measure at all the impact of whether someone's viewed a campaign uh, you know sat, sat and watched the video uh, or seen the post and the, and then subsequently doesn't click on a link or use the pro the, the creator code but then goes and, and fulfills an action after that related to the, the messaging. Um, so you have no idea about kind of view through attribution as it is on other channels. Um, 
so that's the first piece on measurement. The second piece is just a loss of deterministic attribution, which is, you know, on, specifically on mobile. Um, so this has been a problem for every uh, advertiser on mobile um, and is a problem on the, on the influencer side. Um, most um, advertisers today are, are who are doing influencer marketing are, are trying to use either fingerprinting or they're using create these creator codes. Um, both have loss in integrity. So obviously fingerprinting uh, has the potential to either not track a user effectively or scoop up uh, organic users um, based on the methodology and creator codes. Sometimes uh, the audience the audience just doesn't use them. So let's say it's a special offer and they get to the, they, maybe they just Google the page and they go get, they go, you know, they go through that method and they don't, they get the offer from Google. And so that, that, that gets attributed to Google and not to the creator. So the num number one issue by far is, is kind of the measure measurement piece and uh, the lack of view through attribution and determinant and the degradation of deterministic attribution on mobile has, has really hurt it. And I have, a the I have a different question, by the way, like actually like a different challenge that like I'm now thinking of. Okay. So you mentioned Facebook, you mentioned Google. Most advertisers who are running on Facebook and Google are pretty much always on. Okay. They're like spending, yep. spending, 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 spending. Let's go for the extreme, Mr. Beast. Okay. I'm a big fan, by the way, just so you know, Paul. <laughs> so let's say you run a campaign on Mr. Beast. I don't know if how you even run a campaign on Mr. Beast, but let's say you run a campaign with Mr. Beast. Haven't you reached like channel saturation with Mr. Beast by running a single video? Yeah, and I and so that would be one of one of my other challenges. So let's get we'll talk about that. So creative marketing and and this is kind of what I was discussing earlier in the perception of the space in in that it's a little bit of the Wild West. And um one of those points about it being the Wild West is how do you aggregate creators well? So you can work on Mr. Beast and that's great. And suddenly you've you've aggregated Mr. You've uh, saturated Mr. Beast. Right. Well, who's the next creator and how do you work with them in an efficient way? So scaling campaigns is a real challenge and there, there aren't that many good platforms that allow you to do that. So um, the space is it, the, the space is kind of um, taken by several different actors that allow you to do that. One is agents, agents that direct, directly represent the creator. So Mr. Beast has his own agent. Who 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 manages the deals for them, presents them to to him, and he can accept or or reject them, depending on on the benefits there. There are agencies who act as middle middle companies, um, you know, but typical agencies that work with advertisers and creators and and work to aggregate the creators in that in that way. And then there's one or two companies in Stream Elements is is one that has built an actual tech platform that aggregates the creators and allows you to work with creators at scale, but but yeah, the aggregation is kind of uh, how do I work with creators at scale is probably one of the other biggest challenges, and there aren't too many platforms that uh, that allow you to do that. Um, and so that's why influencer marketing for most advertisers, for most brands, is is fairly limited scale. Um, so they'll they'll find one or two creators who fit their or their target audience and and kind of the 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 tenor of the message that they want to give and they'll work with those creators versus trying to work with uh, a large number of creators so yeah can i that, ask you can, can i ask you a difficult question we can cut it later if you don't want this yep go for it so we've both been there when like 
Facebook advertising started and you had like, I don't know, a hundred PMDs, FMPs, whatever they used to call it, like technology platforms that sat on top of Facebook because Facebook advertising sucked. Okay? Now, today we're in a world where, again, if you are an influencer and you want to monetize, like either you do it like with an agent or maybe yourself or you go through technology companies like Scream Elements. Now, wouldn't, I don't know, YouTube and TikTok and so on at some point understand the potential here or you know when it's big enough and either develop something or just acquire a stream element yeah i mean so tiktok already has a program like this for um for its um so if you want to make tiktoks for a brand you can they already have a, a creator platform to allow them to do that i think really what we're talking more about so that's but that is um there's no performance aspect to that to that there so that's a pure we'll make a piece of content for you uh you know you can find a creator that works that might work well for you and make a piece of content for you um there is no guarantee of any performance there um and um there's no kind of attribution associated with that with that activity um i think platforms like facebook google tiktok uh twitch uh they all want scaled solutions and they want they want the solutions to be as easy to implement as possible and so i think if you look at those those the, each of those platforms pretty much all of them have gone for like pre-roll video as their their delivery solution i think the kind of affiliate marketing piece of the sponsorships ecosystem is just it's just not familiar to them and not really something that they would necessarily want to involve in um so I think for the most part, they try, well, some of them try and foster that ecosystem a little bit, but they're more, they're happy to do the kind of, we'll do the pre-rolls and you figure out your creators, you figure out everything else is kind of how it's, how it is working and how I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think, um, you know, I think each of those platforms make enough money from their, their traditional ad businesses to think about you know affiliate marketing in, in air quotes which is really more about what we're talking here with sponsorship side let's go for, back to kind of like the measurement point so what do you think would be the ideal way to measure the performance of influencer marketing activities yeah so i mean we can we can kind of merge awareness and performance here and i i would say just agree. the he the headline is full funnel measurement um and so that really is you know whatever deterministic attributed inputs you can get you can get so if you can get creator codes if you have fingerprinting fine uh if you have deterministic from you know google deterministic from google uh from from android from google play great or google um and then you know some form of incrementality measurement as well because as i as i mentioned earlier there is a, a significant loss in measurement due to uh not having view through and um the the removal re removal of idfa and cookies on on mobile and desktop so you, you need to be able to measure what that leakage looks like so basically a full funnel me measurement solution um and uh, as you well know that mo most advertisers don't have that sophisticated level no. of measurement and so for, for, for the most part and um, you know if you talk about kind of challenges that we have is that most we only sell performance ROAS campaigns and we are compared 
to other channels like Facebook and Google oh, or wow. the, with the advertisers that we work with in a one-to-one basis. So when an advertiser gives us a, a ROAS target, our target is the same as Google's. And yet Google gets all the benefit of view through attribution. No, the, the, um, the crazy thing is that I, I, my next question would be, what's the worst way to measure? But I think we both can agree that like, what I often would see is that I would see companies whose way to measure influencers was, we check what happened to organics. What about your Google search and your Google UAC campaigns and your Facebook yep. AAA campaign? They're all going to pick. Like if, and, and, and again, Apple, let's go for the Apple extreme. Let's, let's go for the extreme, okay? If you run a campaign, Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast has a lot of viewers, okay? To look at your organics and to miss the fact that your Google, ev- everything is going up, it's... Um, I don't understand whose interest you're serving by doing that. I mean, your num- the numbers look good. <laughs> the numbers look good. I mean, the numbers look good. So I, I, but I think... It, it, they, they don't look good for you as the, let's say, influencer marketing measurement, assuming a company, you know, a company doing, I don't know, maybe with like a Mr. Beast, that maybe will have such a person. But most companies don't necessarily differentiate, I think. No, they, um, no. I mean, the larger ones do. Um, I think if you're running a campaign on Mr. Beast, you will look at, you will just, Look at the uplift, and um, you will say, you know, that we got an additional thirty percent sales. So we're going to attribute all those. To you're not going to ask these questions. You're not doing that on an ongoing basis. I think the challenge is if you're running these influencer campaigns on an on an ongoing basis. Um, how do you effectively measure the impact of those, given um, the leakage that we talked about on the measurement side? I, I, th- I, you know, we work with some advertisers who've done some really basic testing and they know that you know our campaigns drive a, uh, an additional 30 percent incremental um, uplift on what they're actually measuring through their attribution provider they they have not done anything to to implement this into the systems that they operate yeah to to measure this on an ongoing basis it, it's just a a benchmark that they have and they basically add that on on kind of the, the ROAS that we achieve on a monthly basis which is Fine, but it's not. It's definitely not sophisticated. It doesn't help really help us. I mean, it helps us in a little bit, but it doesn't really help effectively uh, grow their business with them because um, you know that that amount can change over time, depending on many different factors. Paul, last week, last week, no, last year, we spoke. We also had a podcast interview, and that podcast series was hypotheticals. Right? And one of the hypotheticals that we spoke about saying, you know, it might never happen is that like social media will start going ads free subscription. And suddenly <laughs> this is, it seems like this is actually starting to happen. Now, do you think that this makes like influencer content, content um, creators even more important? Well, I think firstly, it makes um, it, the job of being an uh, influencer or creator even harder. Um, because you suddenly don't have this ad revenue um, that you were previously relying on. So that's a challenge. That said, you know, creators are getting demonetized all the time by platforms any, anyway. So it's not it's not necessarily new, um, except this is being forced by privacy uh, um, initiatives versus platform policy initiatives. So, I mean, the, the demonetization of, of creators has been happening for a while, and it sounds like it's going to speed up, um, especially in, in Europe. Um, I mean, there are other challenges that, that 
influencers that have have which is kind of on mo many of the platforms they are completely at the mercy of the platform algorithms so um if you think about tiktok um especially on tiktok you cannot rely on building an audience because you are completely relying on the tiktok or, uh, algorithm to show your video it's a little bit different on things like youtube um, maybe twitch where you can actually build an audience you know you can subscribe to them there's a very high likelihood that your video every time you post a new one is or your stream is going to be right right there for the audience to kind of consume but um other platforms like instagram tiktok you are highly reliant on the algorithm post, promoting your post versus other content so anyway that uh, that to say that it's the job of being an influencer is hard and getting harder um and so you know my advice to any creator is build build your own direct consumer proposition um which would include uh creating sponsorships that um drive revenue for you and then try and um get as much direct revenue as you can from the from from your audience through uh subs subscriptions and tips from you know using platforms like patreon and, and paypal etc um so yes going ads free makes it a lot harder i recently where was i i was in finland um november for slash and i met an ip company okay we are talking a big ip okay they have billions of plays on youtube billions a lot of it is also on youtube kids by the way which is not monetizable at all but yep. youtube kids promotes it because it brings kids to the platform very very known ip when they explained to me like how their direct ad sales work versus youtube's monetization of ads work where their direct sales has a set price list where youtube has a minimum so you have to basically price the same inventory five times more expensive than what advertisers could just buy it directly on your videos through the youtube platform it's it's like a monopoly in a way it's not it, it's not like it is monopoly i mean <laughs> that's but you get distribution of your content right i mean this is this is the issue <laughs> like so the other thing that i didn't mention around around creators is kind of the change in rev shares that, that are constantly being made but yeah i mean it, it's like any like working on any platform you are um you have these challenges of the platform has their own interests they want to maximize their revenue uh and the only way that that happens is either they grow the audience or it comes at the cost of your of your revenue there is no there is no other way to grow revenue so um from what yeah it, there from is what it sounds going is like ads free and like almost like influencers understanding that they have to like figure out monetization and not rely on ads it, it seems like uh seems like the most um sense making direction to go to in any case I think so and and you know the the issue that we have is with respect to the the uh sponsorships ecosystem is it's just not it's not particularly mature um as I said it kind of is the wild west so I think um I think there's probably a perception on the creator side that I well we know this certainly from you know we're predominantly on on Twitch and YouTube but we know that there's just a a, la a significant lack of education on the creator side around what a sponsorship is and how it works and how it can add to your bottom line uh, amongst your other revenue streams so you know there are 
millions and millions of, of influencers out there, it's very hard to educate these at scale about the, the value of sponsorships. And when you have an ecosystem that's that's still so immature from a from a tools and um, provider point, services point of view, it's it's very tough to to bring to bring those uh, creators along with you. But yes, absolutely. Um, if I was a creator now, I would, as I said, sponsorships and and direct billing with the um, with with my uh, fans would be where I'd be spending all all of my time versus hoping that um, I'm going to get my ad ad revenue is going to be increasing or you know as we discussed it's probably there's a good chance it's going to go away completely. What piece of advice would you give a marketer who is making their like first uh, plans? I want to start or want to test influencer marketing. Yeah, I mean, as I, as I as I said, the the perception problem is the biggest problem for for any master who's uh, entering the influencer space. So, I think first understanding what your goals are and doing some research on other companies who have run similar campaigns would be what I would advise. So, spend some time, uh, a lot of time, researching, going on on the chat on the channel where you think your audience sits. So, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, speak to other companies who've operate who executed kind of similar campaigns um and try and find out what worked what didn't um and the other thing that i would say the other important piece of advice is just don't don't compare your, your influencer activity to other channels because it's just it's not going to be the same um it's a different type of activity and there are especially from a measurement point of view um you know and there are obviously solutions out there that can help you measure more like for like um but you know if you're doing performance advertising you really can't measure roas on on google versus roas on your on your on your influencer activity well again i would actually say you can but i agree with you on like you should not compare it just yeah. makes absolutely no sense one is bottom of the funnel one is top of the funnel one has an impact on greater things you should consider it differently than how you consider, again, bottom of the funnel, email marketing, push notification, or brand keyword search. Yep. It's, it's almost like comparing your brand keyword search CPA to your, I don't know, billboards, the linear TV. Yep. But yes. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I've, but, like, I mean, I've know, also you, seen you, a lot of comp companies say, hey, we, we tested TV, it doesn't work. It's... It, yeah, it's kind of like again, we've tested Google, it doesn't work for us. What like no, yeah. you're you're not doing a good job. <laughs> uh I agree. We wouldn't say it directly to our customers. I, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that TV would work for you know, like I would say Google Google search should work for, if you're a performance focused advertiser and you can't get Google search to work, then there's there's a concern. I do think influencer is a is oh TV. It's a little bit different, but um, it doesn't mean that the first try was done correctly and there's not some yeah. um, iteration yeah, yeah. you could do on the testing that you're doing there um, would be what I would say. I agree. And again, I think it's it's fair to, to basically start with some kind of a hypothesis, what you should be expecting and understand what, again, what is reasonable to expect, what is not reasonable to expect. Same goes with every other medium, by the way. Yeah, I mean, but again, uh, if you split by goal, the awareness campaigns, it's it's pretty easy to to hit your goals on an awareness campaign on on influencer. You can get you can buy at the CPM that you oh, for the most part, I think you would be able to buy at the CPM that you hope you can buy at. Um, you can reach your target audience um, 
I think whether that campaign was effective versus any other channel that you might run on is is the question there. Um, so that maybe go back goes back to your hypothesis. I don't know what else you could add to your awareness campaign. Um, yeah. Anyway, has or how has the privacy stuff impacted like influencers, stream elements in in general? Yeah, significantly. <laughs> I mean, you know, fingerprinting is not as um, as good as uh, deterministic, which was still not um, not perfect, but definitely better than where we are right now, which is, you know, using on, on iOS, using IP addresses as the key anchor for how we determine um, a user. So, I mean, the way that we work with men, mo men, most of the creators that we work with is we actually pay them on performance. So once they complete a specific event, so one of our advertisers is say HelloFresh, um, or you know Raid from from um, from Plarium, we need to know whether an an event, for example, a subscription or a level complete has actually happened. That's kind of how we actually pay them. So do a subscription on HelloFresh, complete level twenty on Raid. If we can't track that absolutely a hundred percent of the time there are there are issues right because when we are paying them for every time one of their audience members does that and if we can't track that then you know we have issues with with the creator and that creates um support tickets and we have to do investigations and things like that so um missing events for us is kind of a big a big piece which is why i was talking about kind of the full funnel measurement it would be great for us because we would capture more of the uh, actual events that were happening through creator codes as well as a probabilistic deterministic and then you know we could even pay, we do pay creators on we give them a set fee for every time they deploy and you know we could use incremental incrementality um testing to try and triangulate exactly how much we should be paying them but right now we that piece is kind of missing for us um the other issue that we have is kind of fraud um you know um because of the loss of of idfa on ios it, it's just difficult to know what's fraud and what's not um and we have our own fraud controls but there are also you know third-party companies who are offering th uh, fraud controls and so that just makes it very hard to like understand who's what what's legitimate and what's not which just adds more operational overhead to us um so yeah the the uh the loss of fingerprinting the loss of 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 IDFA is has impacted us quite significantly and I I would be I would be quite happy if if fingerprinting went away and we could just work on creator codes. Our challenge right now is that um, most of our advertisers are mobile advertisers, and most mobile advertisers don't use these promo codes or creator codes they for the most part they're just using the attribution from their from their from their mmp um so um an introduction of creator codes for all mobile advertisers and leveraging that as the core um anchor would be would be my preference for kind of the future of, of measuring influencer marketing um you know the influencer the influencer channel is is unique versus other channels in in the there is this relationship between the audience and the creator where the where the audience wants to support their 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 the person that they're following so you want to support mr beast you want him to continue to make i, I have to make... feast of balls and i have a jumper yes <laughs> and because <laughs> so, i mean the so... age demographics as you know paul exactly <laughs>
And so if he says, you know, here's my here's my code, go and use this on this for the go and buy this, and you you just you know you're much more likely to do that than if you see a a promo code on a Facebook video ad. So again, actually... like from a measurement standpoint, I'm am I more likely? Yes. Will I remember it every time I go? No. And that that's the point. It's like. So well, well you can pretty... also encode you can encode it in a URL. So it ha so, no, no, no. if so, you click So what I always not hundred percent not hundred percent of the time, certainly. So look, the, the whole thing that kind of like started the series was like this white paper we wrote that basically came out and say there is no like single method of measurement that works. There is no ideal, there is no solution that will just cover everything. Okay. If you can use fingerprinting, do it. If you can use promo code, do it. If you can measure incrementality, do it. If you can literally ask your users, hey, did you watch a Mr. Beast video before you converted? Do it. It's like more evidence telling you you are making the right decision. This thing worked. This thing worked less. This thing you're not sure of, maybe test it again, the better. I think that's kind of like my approach to measurement, which seems almost counterintuitive to the fact that I'm a CEO and co-founder of a measurement solution that should be saying ours is the best and you should only use ours, but I'm not. Because because well, I, think... I, I think also because you know because you know that, that you want the best for your clients and you know that that they can't only use your solution. You and and so um but we both know that there are other measurement solutions that would make this claim. Yeah. We are the best you should only use us. You don't need anything else, which is wrong and it's deceptive well, I, and it's I, like... I would say they're they're bad salespeople because i want to be a, a good consultant for my for my customers not um not lie about what my solution maybe that's can and can't do well maybe that's our time in the market with like a relatively low tolerance for bs uh, at this point <laughs> um yeah yeah with another note um so this podcast uh, series always has a fun question that we finish off with okay Again, the whole uh, series is about the measurement orchestra, orchestrating measurement methodologies. And Paul, if you would be in an orchestra, which uh, which instrument would you be playing? Uh, <laughs> that is a random question. <laughs> I would, I would do I would I would be a, I would do the clarinet because that's what I played up until <laughs> that's what I did during my youth. I played the clarinet in really in, wow. in Wimban until I was eighteen I've... and went to college. Okay, <laughs> crazy. We know each other for I don't know, like fifteen plus. Uh, actually, a lot more than fifteen now. <laughs> I've never known this. Yeah, no, it was okay. something that I gave up after after school. But I was I was pretty decent on the clarinet for for a right. while there. Um, do you so, have? Yeah. Do you still have one? No, whenever I pick one up and try it, I realize that uh, it would take quite a bit to get me back to where, how I used to be on it. But yeah. Okay. Well, uh, life goals. What, what What would you choose? What would you choose? Uh, I think a keyboard, but that's because I am like I am yeah, a yeah. keyboardist. That's like like for I'm not a, a, I'm not sure keyboardism is part of an orchestra. Piano, I would do piano. <laughs> um... Uh, or I would do something way more cool, uh, which is like timpani, the big drums, or the yeah. cymbal, the guy that literally waits for like two hours to do. <laughs> they're, they're the easiest ones, though. But they, it's like a big X at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. Low, low effort, high impact. I guess you could say. Mean in a nutshell. Exactly. <laughs> 
So, Paul, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, and look forward to seeing you. Thanks, Mark.